This is the Block Hash Podcast. Yo, Isaac, how's it going? Fantastic, can't complain. Oh man, I've never done a uh, a podcast recording remotely, man. This is great. Oh, I know it's super easy and super chill too. So don't stress out over it. Where are you? Are you in uh, Vegas, Oregon? I'm in uh, Central Oregon at the moment, and then maybe in a month or so, I'll probably head back down to Vegas, get some work done down there, maybe make a trip out to LA. There you um, go. I know a lot of people hitting me up, so I got to get out there. For sure. Then, what's, the, uh, what's the weather like up there? Oh, the weather's great. Uh, you know what? It did rain yesterday. I'm a little mad about that. <laughs> but <laughs> we had a whole bunch of snow, a couple of feet of snow. You'd, you'd hate it. You'd absolutely hate it. Oh, yeah, man. Listen, um, I'm, I'm, I'm spoiled down here in L.A. <laughs> if, it, if it crosses 60 degrees, I'm not going outside. Oh, I know. I know you like the sunshine. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get you up here. <laughs> it is, I'll tell you what, though. It's nice up here in the summer. Sun comes out and everything, 80, 80 degrees or so, mm-hmm. very outdoorsy. Sure. Off to get you up here to play some Madden. Yeah, hey, man. You still playing Madden? <laughs> you know, I, I put down the sticks a long time ago, but I'd pick it back up to play you. So Yeah, well, listen, man. Either... I don't think I've played since I've played you, man. I, I think I um, – It's a long time. I had a I had a big reason in you putting down the sticks, if I recall correctly, so – um, I don't know, man. That corner route was killing you for a long time. You couldn't stop that. And Johnny Manziel. To the, to the tight end, right? <laughs> hey, it's, I was playing the Rams, too. I predicted oh, that stuff long good. before they went to the Super Bowl. I know long before they went. Oh, I was running with Gurley before Gurley was running people over. I remember that. That corner route, the right side, too. You were in the same play. Lord so know what, you know what? You figured it out after a month I or know. so, and then you I hit me with the post, and that post just killed it. me for, for right a while. In the middle, you know, you never figured it out. I went cover two. I went cover three. I went <laughs> no, cover four. I even went prevents. I went man to man. I went five tough. <laughs> Nothing would stop that post. It's ridiculous. Oh man, that's good times, man. We'll we'll get back to it if I get up there, man. That's funny. Oh, uh, I'm I'll. I'll come down to LA and play you. I'm a little rusty, but sure, we can man, make it work, fun. man. That is fun. so. Talk talk a little bit about yourself and what you've done a little bit for the people that will eventually be listening to this, so they kind of have an idea of who Isaac Richards is. Yeah, so um, you know, we met back in school, um, great Pittsburgh College in, uh, down here in LA, and um, I was an econ major, and uh, didn't really know what that meant. You know, I knew I, I enjoyed finance. Um, didn't know what aspect of finance, you know, I wanted to get into and, um, but I got into private wealth management and, uh, great move for me and I bounced around a little bit, you know, right after school, but I landed with Merrill Lynch. And, um, I mean, I, when I say I learned everything that I know, or a lot of it, at least, I mean, Merrill Lynch taught me the ins and outs of the industry, how to build a team. Um, and how to be successful, you know, and uh, took a lot of that knowledge, went to J.P. Morgan, um, you know, continued to build my practice and my team and, uh, you know, had had enough clients and had a few uh, team members and um, went independent. And uh, that's where I'm at now, Brooklyn Partners, um, opened up shop down here in Westwood, right by UCLA, beautiful, beautiful area. And, um, and, and I'm and I'm getting it going, man. So I'm blessed. It sounds like a great location too, right outside U- UCLA. Are yeah. you are you in Beverly Hills? I, I checked your I'm address. Close. I'm close. close. I'm, I'm right nice. down Wilshire, so the Wilshire corridor separates me and, and Beverly Hills. So, but I'm right there. Nice. You got all those high net individuals kind of in the area and everything. So yeah. business yeah, I mean, should be pretty good for you going forward. It is. You know, um, it's a lot of LA though. You know, you could be in the Valley, Calabasas. Um, you know, Old Town, Pasadena, Beverly Hills. I mean, it's it's different kinds of money depending on what city of LA. Um, you know, Pacific Palisades and Malibu, for example, it's a different kind of money than 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 the West Side. You know, Beverly Hills. Oh yeah. Um, so so it depends. It depends on what what clients you're looking for, but uh, but nonetheless, LA in general is it's a good place to be. You know, in my line of work. Right, right. And 
you spent time at Merrill Lynch and JP Morgan in LA or did you yes. travel? Yep, downtown. Um, my Merrill Lynch office was downtown and um, I was in Century City for, for JP Morgan. Very nice. How does it feel working for JP Morgan? Um, you know, man, I, to be frank with you, um, <laughs> just another big firm. And um, I know it's, it's hard to get into. And, um, you know, I was very blessed for my time being there. You know, I wouldn't be where I'm at now without um, working at the firms I was at. But, I mean, once you really learn the industry, and if you, especially if you have an end goal in mind and you know exactly what you want to do, You'll you'll come to the conclusion that you can do a lot of this stuff yourself, right? And that's where I came. You know, I came to that conclusion pretty quickly, and um, you know, took everything that I could from those firms in terms of knowledge and uh, really building a practice, right? But um, you know, at the end of the day, it's a lot of people, and it's almost like going to a huge university, right? I mean, we went right. to a really small college, and uh, we had access to professors and office hours and you know, the small nature of college is only as much as you use right so it didn't it didn't matter if you had access to teachers if you didn't utilize it but you know I know friends that that went to big schools and they were almost just another number you know and they didn't get a lot of the attention that that I got and um, similar to that working for a big firm I mean you're essentially another employee Right, as much access and infrastructure that you had at a big firm in a wirehouse, um, I just didn't feel important. You know, I didn't feel very fulfilled. Um, I wasn't feeling uh, just just being another person. So, um, you know, I wanted a more independent space and and a chance to uh, to work my way. You know, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, it definitely makes sense. You know, I've known a lot of people. In college so far, I keep in touch with just about everybody, Um, but everyone's in such different places right now and they're having a hard time. A lot of them right out of college, especially the last two years, trying to figure out what they're trying to do or they're trying to go and everything. And it's really hard to get into a good career path and pick up on those skills. So, um, and I've been, I've been lucky to find a good career path and to learn even more skills over the last two years. And it seems like you have, and that's it's really invaluable stuff to pick that sure. stuff up. I like JP Morgan, Merrill Lynch, especially around wealth management, right. um, and everything else you do. And then being able to turn that around into your own independent gig with uh, Brooklyn Partners. So right. is that is that just you or do you are you partnered with somebody? I'm a co founder. Um, I had one of one of my um, one of my coworkers from Merrill came over with me and um, so we we started it together, Chris Cox. Um, he's been a a very integral part, you know, of the process, and uh, we work well together. You know, we um, collaborate a lot, and uh, it's it's been a, it's been a great partnership. So uh, we feed off of each other, um, whether it's uh, client strategies or meetings or uh, marketing, and just you know building the firm. And um, it's been great to have them on board, and uh, it's 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 an exciting journey. You know, we're very um, much in the beginning, but uh, but it's fun, you know, and I want to touch on something you said just now as well. I mean, for people who um, are still trying to figure out you know, exactly where they want to go and, you know, and, and getting jobs after college. I mean, uh, what helped me was, you know, once I figured out that I enjoyed, you know, wealth management, I think a lot of the issue is people don't know what they want to do. You know, college can only provide you with so much knowledge of how the real world works. And um, until you until you get out there and experience it, it's hard to really, you know, hone down on 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 what you want to do in the future. You know, and it kind of just leaves you to just doing whatever for a few years. So I was very fortunate to you know, find this industry very early on, and um, and just build off of that. So uh, you know, if you can find something that you're passionate about, um, and just learn from the people ahead of you. Know, and take that and and uh, you know and, and go after it hundred percent. Yeah, man, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, college. The issue with college is they they don't really cover like whatever career you want to jump into like a hundred percent. And at the same time, they really kind of just prepare you in general to go out 
and do right. something. And in a lot of cases too, there's a lot of students, you and I both know that we're getting art majors, humanities majors, and um, right. very general fields or something that isn't really applicable in the workplace, like right. like art or <laughs> um, uh, sociology or just stuff that's <laughs> right. very hard to apply. Right. Um, and bless all those people. I hope they're doing well, but I know a lot of them are struggling a little bit. Um, you can't translate sociology into a six-figure job. It, right. it just doesn't happen right out the gate. And a lot of times you get hit with a ton of bricks coming out of college and, and you got to either go get more education, which was put you more in debt, or you got to go get that work experience and learn new skills and then figure out what you actually want to do. Right. There's so many people in college um, today that still ask me, um, how did you get to your career path today? Or how do all your friends, how did they get <laughs> yeah. to their career path today? And I'm like, dude, I, I had ideas in college and I worked towards <laughs> things in college, but I'm not sure. doing anything <laughs> today that I learned in college. Right. The last two years has taught me everything that I'm doing right now. And yeah. it's really weird. And I feel so bad when I say that, but I mean, you don't, neuroscience has nothing to do with blockchain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember <laughs> um, you doing our science stuff, right? Yeah, I know. But I mean, I, I was looking at trying to go into medical school and yeah. um, maybe be a doctor, maybe open a private practice and do stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then eventually when real life uh, hit me with a ton of bricks, I was just like, okay, well, do I really want to go to school for another four, six years and then have all this residency and extra coursework and right. um, training and not even get to practice or even That's get a, uh, a job as a doctor until I'm like 30? <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Or, or I could jump into a new industry, go ahead right. first, do my own thing. And you know what? That's actually works really well. And it seems you know what I did working. learn from college though, man? I did, I was exposed to industries and professions that I, that I hadn't been exposed to before. I mean, I grew up in, I grew up in Oakland, you know, I mean, a lot of, right. a lot of what I saw, you know, folks being successful at was, was music and, and sports, right? I mean, I was... I've been five eight since since fourth grade, so <laughs> professional, you know, sports wasn't really in my future, and uh, I can't sing. I can't. I'm not a musician. So I'm, you know, I'm running out of options as a as a as a teenager, and um, coming to Pitzer, uh, just being exposed to different cities where you know my classmates and teammates were from. I mean, I remember playing baseball at, at Pomona. And we'd be in the outfield, man. And these people were talking, you know, stocks and portfolios and medicine and, you know, going to football games. I mean, you remember people were, were studying oh, yeah. organic chemistry right before the football game. And I'm like, I mean, I, I was just, it was, it was ridiculous. I mean, you're about to participate in the most violent sport known to man, you know, in college at least. And yep. you're and you're reading your science book for your test on Monday, and I, I mean, it was just fascinating. But I was exposed to so many different industries and, and conversations that I really didn't know existed, you know. And I think that's what I would take most from college was, um, you know, learning about the world, right, and, and different and different ways to make money other than um, what I was exposed to back home. So um, I didn't know how to exactly go into those those industries but at least i was exposed to it right and that that did a lot for me so um i think college is a lot what you make from it you know what you learn from and 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 how you move forward you know based on the information that you learn oh yeah i'll tell you what you go in you come out after four years you're definitely a different person (laughs) there you meet so many people that are um that are just connected in different industries and it's it's in a way, it's a shock for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I remember going in my freshman year and thinking it was just going to be like a really big high school. Right, right. <laughs> but I mean, and then you and then you start meeting people that are daughters of celebrities uh-huh. and sons of NFL right. football players and right. sons and daughters of uh, actors and mm-hmm. business moguls and whatnot. And you're you're just surrounded by those people. And then yeah, you guys are. We're all listening to music. We're partying. We're playing right. football playing the most violent sport known to man. And at the same time, we're all going to OCHEM or we're, (laughs) we're all taking that super hard physics or biochem class, or at least for me, it was all science stuff, but it's really interesting how you can do all this normal 
stuff and feel like a kid right. partially in college and have a good time. And at the same time, you're getting exposed to all these ideas and all these different right. career paths. And that really helped shape mine in a lot of ways. And I'm like, it seems like it really shaped yours as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Sure. Let's let's talk about uh, Brooklyn Partners a little bit. What do you what do you guys do there? What's your services? Yeah, see, um, so we're a private wealth management firm. It's you know similar to to what I was doing at at um, Merrill Lynch and J P Morgan, um, but you know when we when we did go independent, you know, we were very particular in not trying to be a wirehouse. You know, um, you know we don't have twenty thousand advisors here who have four hundred clients each. You know, I mean, you could do the math. That's that's a lot of people, right? And um, you know, a lot of what we wanted to do was really provide <clears throat> a comprehensive, um, customized uh, wealth management strategy for for high net worth clients and families. And um, you know, we learned over the years that significant wealth is is accompanied by a high degree level of complexity. And um, and our job is to really essentially dumb that down in, into layman's terms, right? And um, so we work really closely with our clients to develop a um, investment strategy and opportunities uh, that are really help them reach their, 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 their goals, right? So that can be either pre and post sale liquidity events, business sales, IPOs, um, dividend recapitalization. Uh, we have a tailored lending strategy, secured and unsecured. Uh, we have a partnership with Goldman Sachs. So um, they're taking care of a lot of our um, private lending needs. Um, investment management, asset allocation, uh, we go into alternatives if we need to. Uh, we have some family office uh, solutions for you know families who really come with to us with um, a significant, I guess you know uh, capital, right? And they have some some tailored needs that that they can use. Um, concentrated stock for executives. 10B51 uh, trading plans, um, really how to you know, preserve your wealth, um, transfer it effectively, philanthropy. And um, so we do a lot, man. It's, it's, it's been a great, it's been a great time for us. Really excited about it. Um, we help anything from athletes, uh, families, doctors, small businesses, foundations, nonprofits. I mean, we I hate to say we do it all, but we 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 really do a lot for um, whoever needs help in terms of their finances, you know, big or small, and um, and uh, we we take we take a lot of pride in that. Yeah, it sounds like you cover quite a broad spectrum in terms of everything, <laughs> sure. which is a good thing, especially when you're getting started, and then you can kind of zero in on what right. uh, Brooklyn Partners is going to be down the line. Sure. Um, so, do you guys like outsource your work to Goldman? But like some um, of it, just on the lending side, just on the lending side. Um, okay, they they handle and, and what it is specifically is it's called securities based lending. Um, so for the people who aren't familiar with that, essentially, you use your assets as collateral for your lending, right? So if you had a two million dollar portfolio and you invested with us, um, Goldman will lend you about fifty to eighty percent. Um, uh, for lending needs based off of the, you know, assets that you're using as collateral, right? So, um, you invest two million, Goldman will give you, I don't know, let's just call it fifty percent. They'll lend you a million, right? So, um, it's just a way to to leverage, you know, some of the money that you have, and um, it could be a, let's just say, a restaurant owner, you know, who has one point five in cash wants to refinance, wants to, you know, buy some new equipment, wants to expand. And um, doesn't want to use cash, right? Or um, let's just say doesn't have the greatest credit score, but they have a lot of money that they can use and they can leverage, right? Um, I mean, it's, and you can go down the whole spectrum. You can collateralize your art. You can collateralize your assets, your cash, um, property. So um, Goldman, they take care of, of, of our lending needs. And then, again, we handle the uh, portfolio management. Very nice. Do you, did you need to get any certification for what you do in terms of yeah, asset management the, stuff? Um, what certification? The main one in my industry is called um, the Series 7 and the Series 66. It's essentially like the bar exam for lawyers. Um, 
not as as long <laughs> but um but but the series seven that was a hard test the series seven allowed me to um, have access to the capital markets and um, you know be in the industry um, and and to sell particular products and the series 66 allows me to be um, an investment advisor and both of those are regulated by uh, finra and the sec respectively and um, so those are my regulators and, um, you know, making sure that I'm doing my job <laughs> Very correctly nice. and legally. So, uh, but yes, the Series 7 and Series 66 for private wealth management, um, you're most probably going to need those. And then, um, you know, other parts of the industry. So if you're going to do, you know, just say M&A um, and uh, you need your Series 79. And uh, so I know a few few folks who got that. And um you know, just just different parts. I mean, finance is so broad. So, uh, right. whatever division and aspect you want to get into, you're probably going to have a different FINRA exam to take. But mine specifically was the Series Seven and the uh, Series Sixty Six. How how was studying for that? Was that like a hassle? Or so I've looked into it a little bit to kind of get an yeah. idea of what some was, of these uh, like hedge fund guys and finance guys are cool. doing. And yeah, what was it like? What was the experience like? It was. It was stressful, to be frank with you. It was um, in my specific position. Different firms have different um, requirements, but I was going to get fired if I failed. And uh, <laughs> period, you know, it was. <laughs> so you had to pass. <laughs> yeah, well, they were paying me. You know, they they pay you to study. So I was fortunate, right? I mean, back in the old days, I mean, you had to you had to have a second job and study because they wouldn't pay you. So I was fortunate enough to get paid while I studied, but, um, you know, if they're paying you, they expect you to pass. So, uh, that, that definitely added a certain level of pressure for me. Um, but you know, I passed first try both tests flying colors and it took me about five months for the seven, four months, four months for the seven. And, um, that, that test goes over options, equities, bonds, um, you know, mutual funds, ETFs, different language in the industry, regulations. Um, it, it covered a lot, you know, and I tell people who are studying for both tests, the Series 7 is a mile wide and a foot deep, right? It just covers a lot of stuff, but it's it's pretty surface level. The Series 66 is a foot wide <laughs> and a mile deep, right? I mean, it wasn't that much material, but it goes super in-depth. And I mean... Um, so depending on what kind of you know test taker you are, you'll find either one harder than the other. But um, at the end of the day, if this is going to be what you want to do, you got to pass your test. You, know, you have to be a professional, and you have to be certified. So it really wasn't an option to fail. And um, and uh, but it was a tough. It was a tough five to six months studying for both of those tests. But uh, once I got them out the way, man, it was go time. I'm glad you time. passed them, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, the yeah I know the KYC and AML stuff. They take that stuff really, really seriously, and they oh, they've yeah. been really tightening up on it even more oh, the last yeah. uh, five, ten years and stuff. And right. no, with with Bitcoin and whatnot, they've really been looking into reforming a lot of those laws. Mm -hmm. um, and and have you see, was there any questions on like uh, virtual currencies or virtual assets like on those tests or no. in the study material? Because they seem to be kind of like jumping into that now. Yeah, they, 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 they don't, they are. Um, but you know, when I took it, um, I mean, I mean, this is crypto is still new, you know, in a sense sure. of, you know, they don't have to regulate, um, the SEC and FINRA in a way where, um, you have to pass the exams, right. I guess to be a financial professional on this side, but it'll come, you know, I think changes are coming on that side. And, um, uh, but when I, when I took it, no, there was, there was no questions on that. It was, it was your typical, you know, um, old school understanding of option and puts and calls and you know, different types of equities and stocks and very um, standard so it was, stuff. It was pretty generic and standard for sure, but but I wouldn't be surprised if if they made some changes in the future. That's for sure. Yeah, I I assume they'll make some changes. They've been pretty worried about money right. laundering and um, right. 
terrorist use cases. I don't know what the situation is, if they really believe that or not. But I know that they're worried about people funneling money in and out of the countries in crypto. Well, I know I it's mean, been going on. And I mean, I mean, people are asking questions, right? I mean, you of can't. Course. So, you know, for example, suppose a firm has some advisors and, you know, their clients are interested, at least in, 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 in crypto, right? Um, you know, I think there's going to be a time where you have to regulate your folks. <laughs> you know, and um, I don't think it's falling under, you know, investment advice per se, or else, you know, we would have been regulated for it, but um, definitely see that coming in the future. Yeah, I I know in the past, you've asked me a couple of times about some clients that have <laughs> probed have. you on crypto. Right, right, um, right. What was that experience like? Um, Well, it's funny. I think when they first asked me, it was, it was, uh, it was it was it was speeding up like a <laughs> hundred mile an hour speed limit on the fries. Right. Yep. And um, when they asked me after, it was it was falling down like an avalanche. So, um, it's uh, I mean, listen, man, it's it's been volatile. You know, I told them that even before, even before it happened. But it's new, and what I found being in the industry is is investors like new, right? And and as much as um, and it's it's funny, man. I mean, it's I've had conversations where people are afraid to enter the stock market, right? Or, I mean, I understand nobody wants to lose money, but though in the same in the same breath, they'll they'll mention crypto, and it's like if you don't understand how Apple works, how can you understand cryptocurrency? I mean, it's just it's the comfort level behind something that you don't understand that's been astonishing and um and i came to the conclusion that people like doing what other people do <laughs> yeah that's regardless true if, regardless if, if if they understand it or not and i think that's you know been a big fascination at least in conversations i've had is is their neighbor family member their son their brother you know, whatever in law, you know, they're having conversations about it, right? And I think that's carrying over to, you know, conversations with their investment professionals. And um, that's what I've seen mostly from our conversations is just the interest, right? I mean, just the interest and the fascination behind it, whether they understand it or not, they just want to talk about it. So, yeah. And part of it's uh, the FOMO, the fear of missing out on. Right. Um, all this stuff when they see it going crazy, then there's just a whole market psychology behind it. Um, and I know a lot of people are studying it right now and, you know, Bitcoin's only been around for 10 years and it has a long time though, but it's been around for 10 years. Um, Ethereum has been around for six years and it's yeah. that built, um, like this entire platform for decentralized applications and decentralized right. organizations and governments and smart contracts and blah, 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 blah. Um, and with that, it opened up what blockchain can do and all the potential for where blockchain's going. And then in the last like right. year and a half, which was when we saw this giant run up um, in 2017. And I know you saw it and you had clients probably asking you like crazy. Mm -hmm. um, like last year and a half, we actually saw a market for blockchain and what blockchain is right. going to do in terms of smart contracts, tokenization, ICOs and things like that. Right. And you know, there's just, there's no regulations out yet. There's very little guidance. Like the SEC is barely given any guidance. Um, right. And I think there's, it is good for crypto is, is the big firms starting to come into it. Though. They're, they're taking more interest. And I think once you start having some institutional money behind it, it will, um, it'll give it a boost, right? It'll give it some credibility. And, um, and I think the SEC, listen, man, if, if Goldman and JP are, are, are going to take it serious. I guarantee you the SEC will <laughs> will start giving some regulation that dot behind that. Oh, they oh they did. The SEC already came out and said that they're yeah. going to have regulations for it. They already said there's yeah. going to be an ETF at some point um, yeah. that they'll approve. Have you heard of backed B A K K T? Uh, what's your opinion on it? Um, you know what, man? Just the whole just the whole cryptocurrency. Um, you know, in general. Um, I think it's good, right? And um, what I like most about it, though, 
is for people like me and you in their in their twenties and having to build the foundation for investing, right? So, for example, um, forty and fifty and sixty year olds that are about to retire in the next ten to fifteen twenty years. They've been told, oh, you should have saved since you were 20, right? Your first full-time job, you were supposed to save 10 to 15%, you know, whatever that'll come out to when you retire, million, two million, whatever. Well, I'm in my 20s, and I know a lot of people in their 20s, and 10 to 15% of their income is, is really hard to do. Um, you know, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to, to, to do well, but, you know, the fact of the matter is, I mean, most Americans, 20... Or, or, or 40. I mean, they, they just don't have a lot of money. And, um, and I mean, I'll get back to my original point, but the point is, if you have rent at 25 years old and you have expenses, you have that Nordstrom credit card you shouldn't be having, you have a car note that you shouldn't have, you can't afford. Fact of the matter is, um, investing is expensive. And if you don't have a hundred whatever bucks for Apple right now for one for one share, right? I think the fact that you can have fractions in in this crypto stuff, I mean, I think that's a great way to just learn how investing works without using a huge amount of your capital. You can feel comfortable with gaining and losing money in extremely short periods of time. And I think it's a great way for people who really just don't have a lot of money to begin with, right? Um, right. To begin investing, and and it's and it's and it's hard. I mean, people that I tell, I mean, listen, you can open up these cheap little portfolios, these robo advisors with you know really low entry amounts, but I mean, how much can you really do with 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 fifty bucks in a in a self directed investment portfolio, right? Right. I mean, um, hey, in crypto, there's a lot you can do with 50 bucks. <laughs> right. It's exactly. It's just a learning process, right? And so that's what I think is 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 great about crypto. And and um, you know, I wouldn't, I don't know about Bitcoin specifically, but in terms of the actual technology, I think it's, um, I think it's great. You know, especially for younger investors who don't have a lot of money. Right. In, in a crypto, not crypto in general, but I mean, more so blockchain. I mean, it's technology right. that's here to stay. All the big players are getting to it. It's it's going to change fundamentally how our internet works. And that's going to be a really big deal. It's going to be faster, more efficient, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Um, but I mean, with Bitcoin, and it's highly divisible, like down to like eight decimal places. It makes it very easy for someone with very low income to actually start investing in something. So that's the other nice part. It's very inclusive in that way. And I tell a lot of people, well, I can't advise them, obviously, but they'll ask me why they can't get into Bitcoin or like why can't they can't afford to buy a Bitcoin because Bitcoin's $4,000. I'm like, dude, you don't need to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can buy a fraction right. of a Bitcoin. And, and they're like, wait, I can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin? I'm like, yeah, dude, it's not gold. You don't have to go chop it up. Like, you can buy like a fraction of it. So I, I tell people all the time, if, hey, if you got 10 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks that you're willing right. to lose, worst case scenario, why not throw it into something like that? Why not just exactly. learn a little bit? Hey, if you got a little bit of money to lose, it's a great thing to invest in because it's highly divisible. Right. You can put as little or as much in as you want. It's great. Exactly. I do um, get back to your question though. I do like back just, just, just mostly because of um, – the institutional component of it, right? Right. Um, I think, I think, like I said earlier, I mean, I think once you start getting some bigger players behind that, um, I think it'll it'll give it the credibility that it needs to to really move forward, right? Um, it, I know there's like a um, it's backed by the uh, stock exchange, right? New York Stock Exchange. Yep. Um, so ICE, the intercontinental exchange that runs the New yeah. York Stock Exchange, they're starting back. Right, right. So again, if you have some type of institutional component behind it, I mean, I think that's, I think that's the first step to really, um, to really expand, you know, on what, on what blockchain and crypto and the whole currency could be, you know, until you, until you get some real players behind it. I think it'll just kind of be something that people don't know about and people don't understand. Um, 
I just think you need some some validation. You know, that's all. Oh yeah, we um, definitely more validation really in that space, it and it's and, it's coming, it's coming slowly right. but surely. It'll and come I mean, with time. I mean, yeah. If you want a whole new currency, that's gonna take a long time. But um, I, I, you know, it's 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 coming, it's coming. You know, the fact of the matter is, it's on the way. And um, I would, I, you know, I can never advise <laughs> any of my clients to to invest in it, but. Um, um, you know, again, I don't even know if I can just based off regulation, but, um, well, technically but Bitcoin is property and Ethereum is property. Right. And right. so far they've said that crypto is not considered a security and that might change in the future. But as of right now, um, yeah. it's considered property. For sure. Let me, sure. are you, Maybe, you know, Ron Paul, right? Sounds familiar. Uh, I can't put a face to his name. He's an econ guy. He's very smart. Um, talks about the markets a lot. Um, to give you an idea of the market psychology behind Bitcoin, um, let me read you a recent tweet that he put out. Um, he actually put out a poll and asked people uh, their opinion on this. So he said, if a wealthy person gives you $10,000, gifts you $10,000, you get to choose in which form you'll accept that gift. But there's a catch. You must keep the gift in that form for whatever you choose for 10 years without touching it. In which form would you accept the gift? The options are Federal Reserve notes, gold, U.S. 10-year treasury bonds, or Bitcoin. <laughs> are <laughs> well, people responding in the comments? What are they saying? Oh, they vote. Like 40, 50,000 people voted. Um, 2% said that they would take the $10,000 in Federal Reserve notes. 10% uh-huh. said they would take the $10,000 in U.S. 10-year Treasury bonds. Right. 42% said they would take it in gold. 46% said they'd take it in Bitcoin. Wow. And I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not exactly. Surprised. I'm not totally I'm surprised either, but I mean, we have shifting psychology and mentality in terms of markets nowadays, especially with people our age and Gold for a long time has been looked at as um, the asset protection haven for a lot of people. And I think people are starting to see that shift into um, whether it's Bitcoin or not, but into crypto and the blockchain market in general for its divisibility and its security and its portability, um, whatnot. I I think it was just a good example of people in their mindset in terms of economics right now. Right, for sure. And I think another big thing, Aside from the institutional backing, I think when when you can start, I mean, I I know it's it started, but when you when you can use that technology like a dollar for, I mean, everything, and it's just it's as accessible as the dollar. I mean, it's. I think when that time comes, um, and I think this whole cryptocurrency is is the next currency that'll even compete with the dollar, but. Um, I think when, when, once that happens, just being able to use it in more places without as much fear as it is now, because mm-hmm. like, I mean, the demand is there, you know, you just have to find a way to use the demand and, and, and do something with it. You know, I just think that's where the stands. There's just a lack of education. But, um, and, and again, like I can't, if somebody came to me with, with 60 years worth of retirement savings and they needed a way to um i guess make it last for the next 25 years i mean there's no way i don't i don't i don't think anybody could even mention cryptocurrency right right um just because you don't know what the future is and if you don't know what the future is you know how 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 can you bet on that especially with your life savings so i think when when you can have those kind of conversations um, and I also know that's not what blockchain and, and crypto is for, but I think when you can even bridge the gap for for money who means that much to people, I think that's when you know crypto will really make that jump. Um, you know, with the American public, because I mean, if there was some type of of, of stability with that, I mean, I think people would entertain it. You know, I think people would entertain it. So. Um, there's a, there's a lot of future in, in the industry for that. 
I think, yeah, I mean, I think we're getting close. The stability really comes once there's more adoption. Um, the problem is right. we have all this trade volume coming in short spouts. One day there's like globally a uh, hundred million dollars in trade volume. And then the next day there's $10 billion in trade volume. That's a big difference. Right. <laughs> so when, right. that, that stuff's got to stabilize. Like we're not even close to having that stuff stabilize and, and you know, back to the the person saving up for like sixty years. That person's probably sixty. That guy or gal is sixty, probably looking to store their wealth for their children or mm-hmm. their grandchildren. For um, sure. And someone that's sixty years old today is going to have a different mindset than someone that's right. uh, twenty four. Uh, I know a right. lot of people my age. If you right. ask them the same question, they'd be like, "I'm, I'm not <laughs> putting it in gold. Do you know how much money I could make sure. in Bitcoin?" <laughs> definitely, so definitely. I think even it's all fact, mindset. I mean, listen, I know some people who won't even invest in a, in a stock at sixty. You know, I mean, look, if you're not going to invest in a stock at sixty, you know, I don't even think you need to be entertaining Bitcoin, right? So, right. Um, some people are risk averse. I mean, there's so many factors that go into that. I mean, it could be age, it could be family history with money, it can be um, prior experiences losing money. I mean, I, I guarantee you, somebody who lost a hundred grand in '08 will have a different response than somebody who didn't lose a <laughs> hundred grand in '08, right? I mean, so there's just so many variables to people's opinions on on money and their risk tolerance level. I mean, I have these conversations every day. You know, and um, I think there's a big misconception on risk capacity versus risk tolerance. And um, I think that's something very important to distinguish when you're investing. Um, You know, risk tolerance is, you know, are you risk averse or not? You know, how much risk are you willing to take? How much can you stomach losing 10 grand in a quarter, right? And the capacity is... Could you really afford to? So, I mean, for example, if somebody had a $10 million portfolio and they want to live off, I don't know, 50 grand, uh, 50 grand a year and, and you're 65, I mean, look, man, you have a lot of room, <laughs> you know, I mean, 50 grand off $10 million. I mean, you have a large capacity for for risk and you don't have to. Be conservative, like right. If you're conservative with ten million dollars and you want to live off fifty grand a year, your risk capacity is large. Now take the same person, right? They have nine hundred thousand dollars, but they want to live off the same fifty grand a year. It's like, well, look, man, your risk capacity is a lot different than that guy with ten million bucks, right? And I think when you can understand your your time frame, your age, your spending needs, um, your risk tolerance and your risk capacity, I mean, I think that's what really dictates what you can invest in or not, right? I mean, just right. because you're, you're risk averse or you have a lower or higher risk tolerance, I mean, there's so many other variables you have to take into consideration. And that goes back to your example, 24 years old. You have a long time. You have a long time. And um doesn't mean I think you should put a hundred percent in the <laughs> in the Bitcoin, but you can put a little bit into it, right? I mean you can put you can put some of your wealth that, that you do have, you know, in there. And um and 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 it's okay. You know, just like it's okay to put to be risky with stocks. I mean, what do you what do you what is the purpose of your wealth like are you buying a house in four months right are you not going to use this money for the next 40 years i mean when it comes to investing i think people just act like it's vegas you know i I think that's an issue um if you're just going to treat your money like that you might as well go to the roulette table you know and play blackjack you know have a purpose and a meaning behind your wealth if you want to be as risky as possible because you like taking risk then, you know, by all means, please don't buy a house in a year, but, but go for it. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know it's, it's a um, lack of experience and, and more so it's a lack of education, especially around crypto. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's generally what my business is focused on. Um, and that's educating students and individuals right. and businesses on 
blockchain and different aspects, whether it's getting into it from an investment perspective or getting into it from the technological side. Um, I, I right. think a lot of people, they're just, there's this huge divide between the ordinary everyday person and this um, omnipotent blockchain that's just hanging over everybody's heads. That they just don't understand yet. So, I mean, with my sure. business, that's what I try and do. I try and bridge that gap, but I notice that all the time. Um, and the experience is the other thing. I mean, so you got to get out there and you got to try. And, you know, I agree with everything you said too. I, I just think that someone, I think everyone can afford to lose 10 bucks. Almost everyone, 99% of people, I think you can afford to lose 10 bucks. That's the great part about crypto is that if you can afford to lose 10 bucks, why not invest that 10 bucks? Even if it isn't life-changing, it is teaching you something. And I think that's what a lot of people should do is they should educate themselves by learning how to invest and putting in only money that they're willing to lose. I'm not saying gamble. Like it's if you're investing, look, if you're investing and you don't know what you're doing or you don't get proper financial advice, you don't see Isaac Richards, you're going to have some problems. (laughs) You might as well just go play blackjack in Vegas. And trust me, I'm from Vegas, so. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I just think it's practice and being able to stomach, um, stomach loss. You know, being able to stomach loss and being comfortable with that. So, um, I think, I think, I think there's a huge, uh, huge upside in the industry, man. I'm looking forward to it most definitely. Yeah, same here. Is is that something that you're? looking to potentially outsource at Brooklyn partners, knowing that that industry is going to come back and people are going to yeah, have demand for know, it. For sure. You know what, man? Yeah, we, we, we stay away from that just in, just in terms of, you know, especially on the advice side, I don't give any advice on, on any type of crypto, or right. blockchain technology. Um, I don't necessarily say no. Right. I just tell them, look, I, I really tell them to do whatever the hell they want. Uh, when it comes to uh, crypto, only I guess the most that I do advise them is 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 how much of their income and their net worth they should put towards it. But in terms of specific advice, no, we we stay away from that. I don't even um, we don't we don't outsource any of that. We um, we 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 stay pretty close to the capital markets and uh, you know traditional asset allocation models, but. Um, you know, we, we've had the conversations and, um, and my clients, they understand it. It's very volatile and they want to p- put a f- few bucks here and there, you know, towards it by all means, you know, be my guest. But, um, you know, in, in terms of outsourcing or any advice, no, we, we stay away from that. Right. No, that's smart too. I mean, I think most people that are in your position, they should do the same thing, but I mean, Hey, if you have any clients that are asking, you're more than welcome to pick up the phone and call me and <laughs> sure. I'll send you over some research and some information to, that you can hand over to your your clients and whatnot. But yeah, just be careful recommending any things. It's just so wide open right now. You have no idea like what's going to happen in terms of regulations yet. Right, right, right. So we'll see, man. There's a lot There's a lot to it, though. Yeah, that is, that is true. But yeah, it sounds like... You're doing pretty good. Brooklyn Partners is off to a good start so far. Um, yeah, we're doing great, man. We've been extremely blessed, man. Just, 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 just fantastic. Um, being able to work with you know these foundations and nonprofits. We're having a nonprofit. We're getting that started up soon. Um, just being able to, to to give back financial literacy to the community. Oh, it's a nonprofit. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, it's a nonprofit. My, my partner and I, the Chris Isaac Foundation, uh, it will come about probably in a few months. Um, we're still waiting to hear back on uh, on some of our grants we've written. Very nice. And, um, we'll have fundraising events, and um, just wrote a book. Just wrote a book, man. I, you know what? I you wrote a book. Like, uh, I wrote a book. It's a roadmap to your retirement future. Dude, and, you're um, you're behind me. I wrote I wrote a book a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, where can I get your I book? Know, where can I check this out? Is uh, Amazon, Amazon. I'll send you the link, and um, it's just a way to maximize your income in retirement, right? And um, understanding the different risks, you know, whether it's healthcare, whether it's longevity, whether it's withdrawal risks, um, taking out too much from your portfolio, too aggressively, 
how to spend during down markets. And I mean, it, it really goes into a lot. So really excited about that. Uh, I'm going to start pushing that out soon. And um, and just really just educating these people, man. It's, I've been put in a position to where I can um, educate and inspire and, and really help out a lot of families on a very difficult topic. I mean, people don't like talking about money. And um, and it's, it's, it's a taboo topic, whether it's, you know, with their spouse or partner or family members, um, people trying to keep up with the Joneses and their neighbors and, and there's people living beyond their means, right? For whatever reason that may be. But uh, when people really sit down and, and dig deep in their finances, people don't want to do it, whether it's guilt or shame of, of how much money they spent or how little they've saved. Um, the conversations I have are, are difficult. And so if I can come from a place of education, you know, I really think I'm doing my job and, um, you know, being able to help people, you know, I've always wanted to live a life of service. So, um, it's inspiring for me and it's fulfilling and it's, um, it wakes me up every day. So, um, very happy to be where I'm at. Yeah. Education is key, man. It's awesome what you're doing too. You're definitely going to have massive impact and i'm sure you have already on a lot of people in terms of finance it is a tough topic for a lot of people and there's so many different situations i'm sure you know and yeah man you're oh man i can go i can go on and on (laughs) there was almost i had to take out some of the stories man it was just too many (laughs) it was too many so um i think i have enough though (laughs) you you probably have enough i think i I I have enough that's funny yeah you're definitely doing some good there is there anything that you wanted to talk about or is there anything that you want to get into or share with the people out there about what you're doing or Brooklyn partners or anything in general? Um, you know, I can leave, you know, if I can leave, you know, a message, um, you know, depending on where you are you know, in life, you're young, you're older, um, you know, just, just, you know, spend with purpose, save with purpose, you know, have intentions of where your money's going. Um, you know, whether you, you like real estate, capital markets, Bitcoin, you know, that that down the road, it gets kind of mushy. What really matters is is building a financial foundation, living within your means. Um, you know, just, just because you earn a high income doesn't mean you have to spend all of it. You know, I mean, living check to check, you know, making 400 grand is, is you know, that's, that's just not, a, a a lifestyle you want to sustain, right? Because um, there's gonna come a time where that four hundred thousand dollars a year isn't gonna isn't gonna be there anymore, right? But those expenses and the bills and your lifestyle will continue. And um, so if you can keep your lifestyle in check, keep your spending in check, build a foundation financially. Um, you know you don't have to max out an IRA or a four hundred one k, but um, but save, invest, open up a portfolio, and um, you know, be strategic about where your money is going. It might not feel like it's impactful in the short term, um, but over the long term, it will be. And um, you know, the sooner you start, the less you'll have to play catch up when you get older. And um, it'll give you a good foundation later in your years. And uh, so if, if any listeners, I impacted with that today man i really hope um really hope you start saving with the purpose man and investing and um, you know it's important it's important so um, that's my message today it's an awesome message man i'm, I'm sure they're really going to appreciate it and there's probably a lot that they can take away from this podcast and they'll probably listen to sure. multiple times a lot <laughs> of good information um thank you but yeah man thanks for coming on thanks for taking the time i know you're a busy guy um oh, cool. hey it's awesome getting to talk to you uh, it's been a while yes, and sir, man. Hey, we'll get back out here we'll get on the mat yeah hey, i'm gonna come down <laughs> to la and i'm gonna i'm gonna hit you with that corner route all day you're not gonna know what oh, happened I'm, go. I'm gonna go into the books i'm gonna go into the archives <laughs> <laughs> pull out some plays all right i appreciate it my man all right man you take care i'll Thank see you, you soon all right appreciate it